0: I'm pretty convinced that you know with, with Airbnb and short-term renting, you know you can make 6, 8, 10, maybe even 12 percent return on, and that's cash, right? That's without leverage. And I think you know the risk reward is is pretty good. I mean, a house is, you know, there's risks of course, but it's you know, I I would say like putting my money in the in the stock market at this point is much riskier than than to buy a house.
1: Welcome to Live Let Thrive.
0: A podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Live, Let, Thrive. This is episode 51 of our famous podcast. And so, <laughs> excuse me, again, I'm, I'm getting used to do this. This is the second episode I've done by myself, not by myself, but I have a guest today. But um, without Mike, Mike has been really busy lately, but he should be back on the next episode if y'all really miss his voice. Anyways, I um, have a special guest with me today, the, um, the awesome Jasper Rivers, our inspiration in the whole um, Airbnb and podcasting world. And so uh, welcome aboard, Jasper. Good to see you again, old friend.
0: Yeah, good to see you, Steven. How's it going?
1: Ah, pretty good, man. Just busy, busy. You know how it is. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Not as busy as you, I'm sure, because, I mean, you're all over the world, literally.
0: That's true. But I I do take my time off as well.
1: Well, uh, Yeah, I see you enjoying life, man, on on the Facebook world. But, um, yeah, um, I was... I'll jump into it. Um, you have a, an awesome podcast we've been following for a, lo- a long time called um, "Get Paid for Your Pad." And first of all, like I mean, most I'm sure most of our listeners have heard of "Get Paid for Your Pad," and they. Um, but for the ones that haven't, if you could give us a brief description of what "Get Paid for Your Pad" is, and also um, what what's the big changes that's happening right now with the podcast.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I started. Uh, the podcast get paid for your pad back in 2014. Now this was right after I published my book, and at the time I felt like there wasn't very much good content out there on the topic of Airbnb hosting. And so, you know, I I thought it'd be a good idea to you know to help other Airbnb hosts to you know create good listings, make sure their photos are good, you know, help them with the settings and you know the hospitality hospitality parts of, you know, how do you communicate with your guests? Um, how do you make sure you get group reviews and all, all that kind of basic stuff. And, you know, I've been talking about it for about four years now. I've done like 236 episodes, I think now. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, fe- I felt like it was time for, for a change because on the one hand, you know, there's there's a lot of other people now that are, you know, giving very good advice on, on Airbnb hosting such as such as yourself and also, there's lots of books out there. There's, you know, there's blogs, there's Facebook groups. I mean, there's so much information out there now that I I feel like, you know, there, there's, there's enough information out there for people that I don't necessarily have to be talking about it. I can, I could do something else. And, and at the same time, I'm also, I don't feel as passionate anymore about talking about Airbnb because I've been talking about it for so long. So I decided... To shift the focus a little bit. Now, as you as you may know, in the in the last year or so, you know, I sold my house, my original Airbnb apartment in Amsterdam. And in the last year I've been travelling around the world finding places where I could reinvest the the proceeds of the sale of the house in Amsterdam. And so the idea is really for me to have multiple properties around the world and you know stay at my own places when I am there and rent them out on Airbnb when I'm not. And I've really enjoyed this whole process of, you know, trying to find places uh, for for air, for investing in Airbnbs. You know, there's a lot of challenges, especially if you're abroad. Like you don't know the area, you don't know the legal system, you don't know the market. You're kind of in the dark, and so, you know, to you know, to spend a substantial amount of money with that many question marks is uh, I find the uh, quite a scary thing to do and i can imagine that other people who are looking to invest abroad probably in concerns i have you know it's when you're investing in your backyard and you know you know everything right it, it it feels very comfortable but to invest in a country where you have no idea if the if the legal system even even functions in case for some reason you lose a home or you know there's a lot of things a lot of question marks a lot of things that can happen and so I decided to talk more about the investing side. You know, how do you find uh, a good place to invest for in Airbnb? You know, where do you get a good return? What are the things you got to pay attention to? Like what you know, things like the regulation, like I said, the legal system, the taxes. You know, there's a, there might be a different currency. Um, you know, it's a different market. Uh, there's different. It's a different culture. And So, how do you go about uh, navigating all those all those different factors? So, so that's the uh, the focus now. I'll still be talking about Airbnb a little bit because I'll still be using it, and so, but it won't be, you know, it
1: won't be the focus of the the podcast so much. That's cool, man. And where at, where in the world are you now? So,
0: right now, I'm in Panama. So as part of this process is also that, uh, you know, since I sold my house in Amsterdam, I decided to apply for residency here in Panama. Um, That's mostly for for tax reasons. And so I'm kind of in the process of like gathering documents and talking to lawyers and stuff like that to see how how this process works. And as you can imagine, there's a lot of red, red tape involved in uh in getting a residency but uh
1: you know i'm, I'm uh i'm hopeful
0: that i'll, I'll be able to get them uh, this year
1: that's awesome dude hey um do you mind if we go off camera because uh yeah it's going pretty slow on on this end yeah for sure all right
0: and i can take off my then i can take off my shirt again
1: <laughs> oh no you should have stayed on camera for that we would have got a lot more <laughs> hits i'm sure
0: <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's really as you may know, it's really hot in Panama, and you know, with podcast recording or an interview like this one, I I turn off the AC right because it makes a little noise. But then the consequence of that is that it gets really hot in the room. <laughs> so, I usually record without a shirt on.
1: <laughs> oh, there you go. That's very uh, for y'all ladies out there and and some gentlemen if if you're into that. Um, there you go. There's the visual for you, Jasper, without a shirt. Um, <laughs> You're still going to keep your show name. Get paid. Get paid for your pad, right? Because you're pretty much. I mean, you're still doing the same thing, and you know you're using these properties around the world that you're going to accumulate to um, to travel, and you have your own spot to stay when you go there. So I, I assume you're keeping the the cool name, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, You know, looking back, and I'm happy that I that I chose a, a brand name that's kind of kind of broad, um, because. You know get paid for your pet it's still going to be about getting paid for your pet it's going to be a little bit more about you know how to find the path to get paid for
1: yeah exactly so so you um here, here's what comes to my mind first of all is like um you're in a different country you're gonna you're in um, a foreign country and and you're gonna not only i guess i guess you're gonna help teach people how to um to invest in other countries but um you're going to teach them all the ins and out, regulations, stuff like that. Now, as part of your, um, of your teachings, is it going to be like someone can go, let, let's say you're in Colombia, someone can travel to Colombia and you could like, show them the ins and outs for a fee, of course, and, and just um, and, help them, and, and help them make their decision on a place, maybe.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd be very happy to, to do those things. Um, I mean, right now, you know, this is going to be a little bit different. Than the original podcast that I started because when I started the original podcast, you know, I felt like I had a lot of expertise to share, and because I already had uh, a couple of years of experience uh, on Airbnb hosting, but the, in the investing side, I'm I'm kind of a, a novice to it myself. So you know, I, I envision that in the beginning, it's it's not so much about me going to be telling people how to do it. It's more like me doing it and sharing with people how it goes. And, you know, sort of sharing the learning lessons as they as they come. Um because I mean I don't really feel like I'm an es- expert on the talk of investing, at least not yet. Um I've I've bought three properties so far, but who knows? I mean maybe those maybe those properties will turn out like really bad investments, you know? I mean I don't know. The future will tell. But um but you know I'm I'm writing a book at the moment, sort of uh, you know, just Journaling almost and uh just writing down all the all the experiences that I've had throughout this the pro- this process of finding apartments in these different countries and so it's 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 much sort of a learning lesson or a learning experience for me as it as it could be for the listener, so I guess that's a bit the uh, you know uh, the difference, but you know once I get to that level where I feel like okay now i you know I have a really good idea of what what to look for uh, have some experience, and feel like I can I can really provide value to other people who are looking at places. Then you know I'm obviously going to be happy to to be like sort of a you know a second piece of brain to to look at the decision and 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 see if uh, if it makes sense.
1: So it's got to be um, kind of scary and exciting for you in a way. I mean, and and, and a challenge, I guess. You have got um, I mean, two hundred and over like two hundred and sixty shows. You get um, you kind of you can get into a, in a rhythm and like kind of a I don't know I wouldn't say like autopilot, but you know what you you know how you've done them before in the past you kind of you know you kind of knew what you were doing, and now you're trying to, you're changing it up totally different and that's and that's what's that's cool that's like a, a soccer player trying to learn you know American football or something to me and it's got to be really I mean it's got to get you excited again about the whole thing right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the the moment I sort of decided to make the shift, I, I could immediately feel the a uh, different type of energy coming up um, in, in my body. Like when I was when I would think about what type of podcast to do and you know who to talk to, and because like I said, this is this is a learning experience for myself. You know, before I would interview two episodes, I interviewed an Airbnb host. And, and, you know, there's, there's not that much that is new for, for myself, right? But now I'm interviewing people that I can, learn, I can definitely learn a lot from. I mean, you can learn something from everybody, right? But, but you know what I mean? Like these are people who have done what I'm doing and you know, they have more experience than me, uh, most of them. And so it's a, different, you know, it's a bit of a different dynamic, which, uh, which I find really exciting because I love to learn myself as much as I love to you know, share what I've learned with, with others.
1: That's awesome, man. And um, this will be your second book you wrote, and so um, could you? Uh, I have you know, in this in this realm, in this world, this podcasting world, and um, people just sharing information with everybody. You know, it's part of the sharing economy, which is what I love. And um, could you? I guess, I guess people people think of books as like a lost art in a way, in our generation and the ones after us, especially. But like. Um, it's more like blogging or you know anything like tweets or or short little snippets here and there but but to take on a book man um that's that's pretty awesome and um h- what is your process when when you're taking on something so big
0: um that's a good question <laughs> you no know, um i guess i guess this book is is a bit different than the first book that i wrote when i wrote the first book i all the content was in my head because I spent a lot of time going through other resources that I found on the internet, and I was making notes for myself as well. So I already had like a sort of the backbone of of the book ready, and I, I just kind of needed to expand on it and and just kind of like brain dump. Um, whereas this book is very different because you know, a lot of the topics now that I'm that I'm writing about are are things that I've literally just learned, and uh, you know I'm learning on the way. I'm also including uh, 10 case studies of other people who've invested in uh, short-term rentals all around the world. I've, I've got stories from Florida, from Eastern Europe, uh, from Colombia. Of course, my, my own um, case study is in there as well. And, and you know, those, as well as the other parts in the US. And the interesting thing is I've, I've actually learned a lot from, from just writing down these case studies of, you know, of the people that I've interviewed. And so, you know, the process is very different. I'm writing this book really as I go. Uh, every time I learn something uh, or I think of something new, I, I just add it to the book. And so I also don't exactly know how, you know, how many words the book is going to be like, because it could very well be that I'm just going to add a bunch of chapters in a couple months when I, I suddenly learn a bunch of things that I didn't realize before. Whereas the first book was, you know, I already knew pretty much what the content should be like.
1: Right, right. And um the here here's I've always been I've always wanted to write a book about um, several different subjects, you know. And and I just how do you I'd I'd love to u- use people's stories and experiences in my book. How how do you go about doing that? I mean, do you have to get special permissions and also do they expect something back in return?
0: Um no, in general, people are pretty happy to contribute to a book. I mean, most people are pretty about the idea that, you know, their story is going to be featured in a book. So I, I don't think I've had anyone, uh, you know, kind of um, uh, decline or or ask for some sort of reward um, or financial compensation. And also, a lot of the people that I interview, they they have their own, a lot of them have their own audiences as well, right? And so... You know, they are they are happy to contribute I think also because it gives them some exposure for their for their own business. Now I don't know if it's you know, maybe there's some some people that, you know, have kind of like a very large audience. If I were to ask like Tim Harris or something, you know, like he read a chapter for my book, then I don't know, he might he might not have time for it, you know what I mean? But I I I I guess that would be only like the really the sort of the high profile guys.
1: That's cool, man. Um so let's get back to the investing thing a little bit. I um I guess I guess uh most people get started in Airbnb. It's just, you know, written out a room from their house or written out their whole house, something like that. Maybe um eventually move into the next house. But but like to to go out there and to buy something specifically for Airbnb, is that is that what your intent is? Or, or are you looking at different ways to invest in other countries or that's your primary your primary manner of investing
0: yeah absolutely no that that's that's the primary thing and and the reason that i think this is an interesting topic is that you know right now if, if you have some money and you want to get a decent rate of return on your investment right i mean where can you go right i mean the stock market is at an all-time high you know dividend yields are very low Uh, there's, you know, obviously putting your money in the bank isn't, isn't, isn't very helpful either. You know, bond, bond prices are at all time highs. So the yields are extremely low. I mean, the yield on the, on the 30 year government bond in the U S is 3%. I mean, your, your money is fixed for 30 years, (laughs) you know, you're getting 3%. I mean, does that, that doesn't sound like a good deal to me. Uh, so you know where do you go? And then ov- obviously there's there's long term renting, but but the housing pr- house prices that are so high now, even you know even in, the, in in Europe and the US, I mean I'm sure there's cases where you can still make very good returns, especially if you leverage. Um, but you know other than that, it's pretty hard to get a good return somewhere. And I I'm pretty convinced that you know with with Airbnb and short term renting, you know you can make six, eight, ten, maybe even twelve. 12% return on, and that's cash, right? That's without leverage. And I think, you know, the risk reward is, is pretty good. I mean, a house is, you know, there's risks of course, but it's, you know, I, I would say like putting my money in the, in the stock market at this point is much riskier than, than to buy a house. And so I feel like it's like acceptable risk and a, a very high return.
1: That's good. That's good. Um, now, do you now? You said you, you own two properties, or, or is it three properties already?
0: Uh, well, yeah, I've bought three, but none of them are completed yet. Um, one of them is being furnished as we speak in, in Colombia, in Cali. So that one should be ready in a couple of weeks. Uh, I've got one in the Philippines, which should be ready. Uh, the Philippines is a bit of it's. It's always difficult to uh, to estimate when something's going to be ready. Especially because it's on a, on a small little island, and uh, and also there's like typhoons and you know all sorts of stuff going on in, in over there. So it's uh, you know hopefully it'll be done in a, in a couple months. And then the the last one I actually recently bought it's a it's a studio in a, a building that uh, it's it's pre-construction. So you know it, it, the building isn't even there yet. So that one's kind of you know even scarier because you're investing in a country and then the building isn't even there yet. So. You kind of feel like, okay, am I ever gonna see anything but uh but you know I'm also kind of doing this uh, th- this was a pretty pretty affordable one, so you know if that one if for some reason I get scanned <laughs> you know i won't I won't be broke but uh but yeah I'm, I'm I'm kind of trying different things as well um so just just for myself also to learn so i'm i'm I rather do like uh more affordable like you know fifty fifty to hundred and fifty Investments versus like larger investments. If one goes south, then you know I, I won't be I won't be bankrupt because I realize that I don't have very much experience with this at all. So it's, it's very possible that I'm gonna I'm gonna screw up at some point.
1: That's that's um, that's wow. That's wild how you're trying <laughs> three different things and three different spots like way far away from each other in the world. And like, it seems like the only way we could this could. Um, Happen is with this with this digital age, of course, where we can uh, manage things from a, a few thousand miles away, the other side of the planet. Um, the you, you are you are what you are doing. You will have a successful show because you're getting a lot of content. Either either something really good is going to happen. Not so good or in between, whatever. But you're gonna have some great shows, man. And um, the more drama, the better. But I hope you're nothing but success <laughs> in all these endeavors. And um, <laughs> I was I was gonna say, um, so you mentioned leverage. Now, now you got three, and, and you're being. It seems like you're being pretty cautious with your money. Now, if you, um, if you these three, you know, you got them up and running. they were very successful. You're, I mean, everything's going pretty smooth. And um, someone comes up, hey man, hey Jasper, I, I like what you're doing. How could I? How could I help? Can I invest, or can I? Yeah, are you are you up for um, for bringing on investors or going in partnerships on some more on more properties just to like scale faster?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I thought about that because I, you know, it's, I've already had quite a few people reach out to me actually uh, who who said exactly that, and so I I thought about it and I I think this is something that I, I could consider in the future, but like I said, I. I kind of just want to take a little bit of time to you know to get the expertise myself and to get some experiences before I start you know playing with other people's money. Uh, but it's definitely something that uh, I think would make a lot of sense in the future. And um, so yeah, I think it it is a good idea. But uh, you know, I think right now is not the time.
1: So are all the Dutch very meticulous?
0: What does meticulous mean?
1: <laughs> <laughs> a very um, um Process oriented, regimented.
0: Oh yeah, I guess we are. Yeah, I guess the, you know us and the Germans. We're kind of like that.
1: It seems. It seems like um, Airbnb is an unstoppable machine. Everybody is trying. Everybody is either trying to do it themselves or trying to invest money in someone that's doing it. And um, what do you? What? How do you foresee Airbnb changing and evolving? Especially. Um, yeah. Especially with kind of. Like, for example, Berlin, you know, they tried to shut it down altogether and then they're starting to let it happen again. And do you see like more cities just kind of like kind of like, I don't know, partnering with Airbnb, but restrict uh, being less restrictive and it just becoming like the next. okay, the next McDonald's, the next Walmart just part of our life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now we're in a stage where local authorities around the world are trying to figure out how to handle Airbnb and how to. You know how to come to a solution that kind of works for for everybody. How to come to a status quo in terms of regulations. Um, I think that uh, you know, no regulations in in certain, especially in the bigger cities. If you have no regulations, then you can definitely get some uh, some circumstances and where you know the neighbors and the the, the 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 people that live in the neighborhood uh, it can get a little overwhelming. Um, so I think it's good that they're. You know in certain areas there there are some regulations, and you know people are the local authorities are experimenting some i think some some of the authorities are overshooting a little and and now they're you know Berlin is crawling back a bit because they realized that they went a little overboard with the regulations um and so you know they're trying to find the a an equilibrium that works and and so I think you know it'll take a few years before that happens but i think the the model that uh, berlin is looking to adopt, i believe it's the the 90 day rule where you can rent out for 90 days a year uh, the entire properties just like in uh, in london in amsterdam and paris we have similar rules in place and i kind of feel like that that's going to be the you know so, sort of the default regulations or the the go to regulations uh, is to you know to, to set a number of days that you're allowed to do it, and you know, potentially also you know, having to register with the local authorities. I think that's probably going to be in the long term. You know, it seems to me that that's the most sort of viable uh, and sustainable uh, way to regulate it.
1: And, um, to you, um, what What top cities do you see, um, that are ripe for investment in, in Airbnb? Like to, yeah, a a great place to, to buy one and fix it up and, and, um, get it running. And you think, uh, more tourists are about to, it's about to flood there and it's cheap enough still. It hasn't been, um, over, you know, oversaturated. What, what are your top cities around the world that you would see a, a good place to invest
0: well, first of all, let me say that it's, it's kind of tough to, to name like cities because it's, you know, it depends on, on so many factors. And a lot of the factors are very local, right? It's about, you know, is there, maybe there's a, an airport, a new airport being opened up uh, nearby, right? Or, or some other infrastructure projects, or maybe there's a neighborhood that's up and coming, you know? So it's like on, on the city level, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's good opportunities in every single city almost, uh, but uh, i can I can name a few places where i think I think that there 's sort of more of a macro opportunity going on i 'd say the first one that i 'm looking at right now is Puerto Rico you know in particular San Juan I mean with the bankruptcy and the hurricane you know the country or i guess it 's not a country uh, a special uh state or i don 't know i don 't understand exactly yet what uh, what Puerto Rico is, but I know it's in the U.S. and it has a special status. But anyway, um, you know the real estate prices are are are, are very affordable right now there, and um, it doesn't seem to be very competitive on on Airbnb. I think uh, Puerto Rico is, is is a place where there's a lot of opportunity. Uh, I'm actually going to be speaking at a conference uh, on April twenty-four to April twenty-six, which is about this very topic, about investing in, in Puerto Rico. And, and, and th- there's a few other things that are really attractive about this, this, uh, this place, especially if you're an American citizen. Because in Puerto Rico, you can, you can invest and you can leverage, right? You can, you can get a mortgage it's within the U.S. And the second thing is that it's, it's very tax-friendly, right? Or not tax-friendly, but the taxes are low is what I'm trying to say. Right. Uh, so I think as an American, you pay like, you pay like 4% corporate tax and zero income tax or something, or, I don't know, I could could be wrong, but it's very low. Um, So, I would say that's one place that is very interesting, and then, you know, for me, Colombia has always been interesting because there's such a, a discrepancy between the perception and reality. You know, people still think it's the, it's that dangerous country where there's, you know, drug cartels, and there's the FARC, and there's all these terrorists and guerrillas and God knows what, but in reality, you know Colombia is 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 an amazing country. It's it's developing pretty fast as far as I can tell. Uh I don't think it's any more dangerous than anywhere else. Um you know as long as you use your common sense. And the lifestyle in Colombia is great. I mean it's super affordable. The, the cuisine, the Colombian cuisine is is great. Um and uh and real estate prices are 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 very low. So you know, those are, those are two places. Uh, I'd say another place that has my interest is, is the Philippines. Um, and then from, from a macro perspective, I just think that the Chinese at some point are going to travel and they want to go to the beach. And the Philippines kind of like ride in their backyard. And it's, it's not as developed yet uh, from, a, from a tourism standpoint as, as Thailand and you know, maybe, maybe even Vietnam or places like Bali and in Indonesia. And there's the Philippines. Is you know, it's like seven thousand islands, and there's amazing, beautiful beaches everywhere, everywhere you go. And so, uh, naturally, I just kind of feel that uh, that the Philippines is is often kind of overlooked as a tourist destination because you know, people in Europe they they want to fly, they fly to Thailand. It's a little closer, you know, because the Philippines is like this island group in the Pacific, so it just feels like it's a little bit further out, and um, and yeah, so I, that's another country where I think there could be a lot of opportunity. The people also speak English there, which is an advantage if you want to s- spend a lot of time there. You don't have to learn like Thai or um, Indonesian or Spanish or whatever, whatever it may be. So I'd say those are the are places that I'm interested in.
1: So there's like a, what do they say? There's like a thousand Philippine islands? 7,000. Oh, wow. Yeah
0: and it because and because it's like arch, arch, archipelago do I pronounce that correct <laughs> Uh you know the the water it's you know inside there's there's no big waves and stuff so you have this like really tranquil ocean um lots of coral reefs lots of scuba diving and it's just it's just beautiful it's amazing
1: Man I want to go I got a lot of Filipino uh friends over here and then... Yeah, they they've told me about it. It it's, it sounds it does sound amazing. Have plenty of uh, San Miguel beer while you're over there.
0: Yeah, and if you go over try some of the local rum that they have. And <laughs> if you want to hear a funny story about alcohol. Yeah. You know, in, you know they make their own local rum in the Philippines. And it's it's very very cheap. In fact, it's it's so cheap I went to this bar on, on on a very small island. Actually, one of my favorite places in the Philippines, Siargao, it's called. You can. It's a great place for surfing. And I was looking at the menu, and so a a, a, vo, a like a rum coke cost eighty pesos, which is about two dollars. But then a double rum coke was sixty pesos, which is one fifty, and a triple rum coke was forty pesos, which is one dollar. <laughs> And so, I was a bit confused. I was like, okay. either the person who wrote that down was drunk, or the owner of this bar is trying to get people wasted. <laughs> so, I went, up to, <laughs> I went up to the barman, and I was like, is there a mistake on this, on this menu? And then he told me, no. No, it's correct. I was like, how is that possible? Why is it a triple rum coke is half, half the price of a, a single rum coke? And so it turned out the rum is so cheap, it's it's cheaper than the coke.
1: <laughs> Can you believe that? That's awesome. I want to go there even more now.
0: <laughs> yeah, you want to get drunk on like, you know, less than five dollars. It's definitely the place. <laughs> definitely the place to be.
1: A rum and coke. Hold the coke, please. So without coke, it would be like free, right? <laughs> Oh man. Um is there um which one and which I guess on that same note I'll ask and I, I know you said there's a, like a bunch of factors and stuff like that. But do you see a spot that that you would not recommend someone trying to invest and do Airbnb in this city?
0: Sorry, I couldn't I didn't hear you. Can you repeat the question?
1: Like um you know, you mentioned some some good some good investment opportunities that you're looking at. Now do you see spots around the world that people might i mean i don 't know either either it's oversaturated or they're getting stricter or, or you see um, i don't know you, you don't see like it being a really good investment right now to do uh, airbnb like what cities around the world are not very good for airbnb investing
0: well i mean there's, there's you know there's a bunch of cities where it 's become very diff- uh, difficult. You now cities where it's very hard right now it's you know for example my home city amsterdam they're they're looking at uh, restricting the rentals to thirty days per year um so you either are gonna have to open like uh uh ten airbnb accounts or you know you list on all these different platforms and i mean it's you know i I'd rather go to a place where the rules aren't so strict um New york obviously is uh, is pretty tough San Francisco has cracked down on it uh, Berlin. So recently, Berlin is has, uh, is, is considering regulation, of, or they already passed it that they, you know, they loosened up a little bit. Barcelona is, is one of the strictest Airbnb markets as well. Singapore is uh, is very difficult at the moment, you know. And then there's a number of places, uh, you know, Santa Monica is a good example. But there's also a number of places where it's not allowed, like places like you know Taiwan, for example, and Taipei. I think Airbnb is not allowed, but then there's not a lot of enforcement, right? So you kinda have to you have to kinda make a choice, okay. Am I gonna take a gamble? Like here in Panama, for example, Panama City, uh Airbnb is also not allowed, but a lot of people do it and they get away with it. So you know, I'd I'd rather be in a in a place where where, where you can do it, where it's allowed. Um because I don't wanna worry about my you know, losing my, my Airbnb place at some point because it's illegal what i'm doing like i used to do it in amsterdam but technically that wasn't legal either so uh you know, i'm kind of happy to get out of the gray zone and, and just to play uh, play by uh, the rules
1: now with the big change you're doing with your show moving more towards the um investment side are you afraid that you're gonna alienate some of your longtime um fans that just want to hear about you know what curtains to choose and and what um locks to use on their doors
0: um no I mean there there might be some people who uh you know are just not interested in the, in the investing side who uh, who might stop listening and then they you know they might uh, go to some of the other podcasts but uh I think that's okay you know um, um I think there's there's also a lot of people who are who are very interested in the investing side who are not necessarily interested in in you know hearing about you know how to arrange your photo gallery so i think there's it's probably going to be a, a bit of a shift but at the same time i think that um i think of the lot of the listeners that i have right now uh, a lot of them are actually uh interested in in investing i've I've, you know, I've noticed that a lot of the questions that i get are around the topic of investing so that also makes it kind of like a natural uh shift for me as well
1: nice and for and for um you jasper fans out there that still want to hear about curtains and locks and you know the best toilet to to use (laughs) you can still listen to live let thrive i'm just gonna plug that right now jasper if you don't mind
0: i i I don't mind at all
1: (laughs) (laughs) do you um do you see yourself moving more to i know i know you kind of do it i mean with all the um with all the apps you use you kind of do it a little bit you know passively You, you manage your airbnbs passively but do you see yourself moving towards like if especially accumulating more properties like 10, 20, who knows how many how many however many you're going to grab in the future but do you see yourself um relying more like on um property managers to run your airbnbs
0: yeah i i will definitely try that out i mean you know i i, I still want to manage at least one of my properties myself because i want to keep in touch with the you know with the whole airbnb thing and 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 be involved in it uh but um it's very it's very possible that uh, i'll be using uh, some management companies to manage some of the properties for sure
1: nice now we can't talk investing without talking about um about podcasting i mean you're you're famous you're famous for, 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 for I, I don't know, I can use the word famous, but in, in, our, in our podcasting world, um, you're famous. And for Airbnb people, you know, you're the go-to. And um, how, how, like, there's a lot of people that listen to podcasts and think, I could do, I could do a podcast. I, I, I got stuff to say. And um, what, what advice would you give them? and us at Live, Light Thri- Let, Love, uh, <laughs> Live Let Thrive. And uh, what what advice would you give them? Um, and especially, uh, you know, is there, is there ever a way that you can actually make a living off being a podcaster?
0: Uh, absolutely. I mean, you can absolutely make a living out of, of podcasting. However, it's 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 not easy i mean if it's if it's about making money and I, you know, I recommend people doing something else but you know i think that if you are if you're passionate about what you're talking about and if you don't give up then over the long term it's definitely possible to you know to make money like i started taking on sponsors at some point um now i've paused it because um i'm not doing it as consistently now as i'm kind of like uh you know searching uh, sort of for a new equilibrium for myself, or you know figuring out how i want to you know continue with the podcast so now i 'm kind of in a in an, uh, in a phase where you know i 'm trying to figure things out so i've i 've stopped the sponsorings but but uh, there's there 's a very clear model i mean um you know john John D loomis or john lee dumas <laughs> uh, i 'm sure you 've heard of him
1: uh, not off hand i 'm sorry
0: Oh, okay, well, he has one of the most successful podcasts, if not the most successful podcast uh, that's around. And, you know, he may, he's making a killing. He's doing a daily show on entrepreneurship. And I, I'd say for anyone who wants to, you know, is really looking at podcasting as a job, I would say, you know, look up um, uh, John Lee Dumas and, and read his story because, you know, he's, he started out literally... Uh, he wanted to learn about entrepreneurship, and he, he couldn't find any more podcasts that talk about entrepreneurship. So he just started to, his own. He started interviewing entrepreneurs, and uh, he was extremely passionate about it. And, and And he's making a killing now. So I mean, it's definitely possible, but you know, it's not it's not an easy route. I'd say it takes for most people, it'll take a long time, a lot of work, a lot of dedication. So, but yeah, I think it's possible. Anything is possible,
1: but I, I guess um, on our end, you know, our, our show is still small. We've we've passed the the fifty episode mark, which is to me that's a big that's a big thing. Because I've I've listened to podcasts for a while, and I've always I've always noticed right around the fifty point, they 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 usually just disappear. Man, I don't know what it is about that number fifty, but a lot of them just yeah. disappear. And right when I'm getting into them, like what the hell happened to them? They're gone. They just poof. Yeah. And so and luckily we've passed that 50 mark. And I guess what I've noticed, you know, we haven't made a freaking dime off of ours yet. But but the networking that you get out of it and whatever you your podcast is about is freaking priceless, man. We've met some really cool people. We've actually gone in and done a little bit of business with these people, you know, outside of the podcast. And um, it's it's just like, yeah, you're going to get so much um, networking accomplished.
0: Oh yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, um, you know, I I definitely see the podcasting more as a way to, as a as a part, a pillar of the of the business, but not necessarily the, you know, the, the money generating part of the business. Like you said, it's a great way to connect with people. It's a great way to network. Um, it's a great way to build a connection with with people. You know, like you interview somebody on the show, and and you know, you you have a connection, right? So I think you're absolutely right
1: yeah man and um, I'm sure you get tons of fan mails from like chicks all over the world right
0: I got some of them yeah <laughs> <laughs> some are a little some are a little some are a little freaky uh, I can tell you
1: <laughs> alright go ahead and read them I'm just, I'm just kidding I'm just kidding just
0: <laughs> no I mean like it's kind of it's, it's kind of strange if you get like random messages from women saying like you yeah, know I love you darling and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> But it happens. Yeah, it happens.
1: <laughs> oh, I know, Jasper. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I just I live vicariously. <laughs> wait, wait, you.
0: wait. wait. Th- 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 You'll get there when you get to 100. That's, when the, that's when the women start <sighs> messaging you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's some real motivation right there. Um, What... um back to investments a little bit so do you do you believe in like a balanced portfolio i mean you got real estate i mean with you it'd be the airbnb real estate well you got stocks you got whatever crypto do you believe in that or do you believe in just putting your eggs in one basket and of what you know and just going full-fledged at that
0: no i really like diversification and so i i'd like to have a uh, uh, you know one of my eggs in in every single basket, so to speak, right. except for the baskets that I think are going to sink um, so you know i 've got different investments i I just invested in a in a coffee farm in also in Colombia for example wow you know and that's that 's very, very recession proof because you know whatever happens with the world, people still want to drink their coffee Hell yeah um, you know i 've got some angel investments <clears throat> i've got um, i 've got some money in like in you know natural resources like gold um, i i 'm somewhat invested in the in the cryptocurrency market more as a as, as a trader but not so much as as a taking direction but uh, but still um, so yeah no i like uh, i like investing uh, i like diversification for sure
1: nice nice and uh, now investing in another country and it seems like you're doing the the third world country approach which is you know which is pretty cool and um have you come across some weird um situations or like um oh here comes here comes the white guy let's get him with for all his money are they kind of like you know you come across something like where they um i don't want to say scams where they just kind of like you know do things a little differently
0: yeah for sure that uh, that happens quite often <laughs> Yeah, you have to be you have to keep a wary eye out. Uh, I was just writing in a chapter in my book about how to go about how do you know when when someone is being honest? You know, obviously you, you you can't know 100% but but you know like uh, yeah, people like to take your money, right? And so they will tell you especially like real estate brokers. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of good ones out there, but what I noticed is that uh, some of them, they just kind of like tell you what they think you want to hear uh, in order to, you know, sort of uh, motivate you to, to go for the deal. And so what I tend to do is I tend to do a lot of research. I talk to a lot of people, talk to people on the street, uh, get to know some local people and, and ask them. And then you usually find out some, some local information. And then what I do is I, I, I typically will ask the broker, uh, those questions, or whoever the person is that's helping me, I'll ask that person these questions that I already know the answer to. But those are these are type of questions that a, a foreigner wouldn't necessarily know, so it would be easy for them to lie about it if they think if they if that's what they want to do. And then you know that's a good way to sort of to sort of see if somebody's being authentic or not.
1: Oh, that's great advice right there. Now, um, the bribe system. I know uh, I know in Mexico it's, it's very prevalent, you know, not some cop pulls you over. Uh, yeah, he's going to tell you a bunch of things are wrong. It's going to be this price. And then but, you know, if you put some money under my clipboard, I might let you go without, you know, an incident. And, um, I, and I'm sure you've seen plenty of that, you know, being or traveling around third world countries. How do you um, either how do you prepare for that or do you know little tricks to to not pay those bribes?
0: um you mean when it comes to when it comes to uh just like regular stuff like like overpaying for like products and taxis and stuff like that
1: well i guess there's that but i mean um okay see you're talking about new construction now you're talking about um you're buying properties whatever um is th- is there is there like um people with their hands out saying oh you're gonna need this you're gonna need that you gotta pay us this got to guy oh us okay
0: that. Okay, I see what you mean. Yes, I I didn't hear the question so well, so I was kind of like trying to figure out what you were asking. But um but yeah, no, I I I haven't really seen that much of that. What I've seen so far for, uh what what you really want to look out for is is the you know, the real scams, right? In a lot of countries the the juridical system is is very different. The legal system is very different. And so I I know people who have lost literally like over a hundred thousand dollars by buying a property and going through a lawyer getting a contract and later finding out that the that they don't actually own the house because the contract is void uh and and so that's that's just something you know if you get bribed here and there you know you lose a little bit i guess that that wouldn't be my main concern my main concern is is that I actually own the property, or I actually have a, a leasehold on it, or whatever the the situation may be? But you know, because if you lose like a hundred thousand dollars, then that's you know that's a big deal, right?
1: Oh man, that's big time. So, do you, uh, how, what would you advise someone? Okay, I'm going to go to Colombia. I see a property I like. Uh, I want to buy it. What, how, what would you advise someone to do?
0: Well, uh, first of all, I would I would find some people who who are also a foreigner who have invested in that country. Right? And and ask them like, okay, how did it go? Like get some get some secondhand experience from people who've done who've walked the road that you are about to walk. Um and then of course, you know, you always want to hire a lawyer that you trust. So, you know, make sure that the lawyer you hire has some references. Um just just kinda like think worst case scenario, right? Um, just do as much due diligence as you can um make sure you know get advice like i mean i I bought my place in Colombia through a company that i 've known for a long time that i 've worked with, and i 've seen firsthand like what what they do you know and and what their properties look like, and so you know that felt very comfortable um but but yeah, you want to do as dig as deep as you can, you know do as much research as you can. And, you know, search on Google. Uh, if you search on Google for, like, property scams, then uh, you, you'll you find quite a bit. So you want to watch those videos and see where it went wrong, how can you prevent it. I, I guess if you do those things, but most importantly, find somebody who's already invested before you. And, uh, and you know, pr- potentially use, like, the same lawyer. Learn about the, the legal system as well. Uh, make sure that you understand, like, what is needed in order to actually register a property with the, with the authorities. You know, most countries have a registry, a central registry. But in some countries, it's really complicated, like in Brazil, and I think in Colombia as well. You know, the way the registry works is, is different from, than, in, than in most countries. You know, in Brazil, there's places where, you know, families have owned, like, the land for, like, hundreds of years, and, and, and some lawyer might, might think that you can own the, the land, but then it suddenly it turns out that you can't. You no know, so it's you've you got to be very you got to be very careful
1: Wow now, how about um, the issue of of squatters? How can you protect yourself against that when buying in, in other countries? I hear there's some real, real strict um, uh, squatter laws where they people could pretty much take over your house
0: I guess the easiest way to protect yourself against that is just to uh, to target uh tourists as as your guests. Ah, yes. Because, you know, the tourist isn't going to squat. You know, I was, in, I was interviewing uh, my friend Rich Holland, who's, uh, who's, ran a, who's, who's been running a property management and real estate company in, in Colombia for 12 years. And, and he was saying in those... He's, he's got like 250 plus apartments. And he targets tourists. And he's had one guy who was uh, trying to squat in one of his apartments. And you know, it only took like a phone call to the local police and changing of locks to to get that person out. So.
1: Oh, and he, he turned the electricity off too, or something, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, you listen to it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> heard
1: that podcast the other day. Well, I was at the at the gym. You know, I had had you on my on the treadmill with me. So I'm trying to. Okay. You're helping me burn <laughs> off some calories. Oh, I appreciate okay. that. And let's let, be me. there with you. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> And uh, making me consider giving up sugar, which that sounds like freaking hard, but you know, it's worth it, right?
0: I I can recommend it.
1: <laughs> yeah, then I can take off my shirt on podcasts. Exactly, it's a big advantage. <laughs> I could do that now, but just I don't know if anybody would want to see that. Um, another another question: Well people like? I people like our our friend that I, I did a podcast. Um, with uh, a guy named james guzman on uh, the borderless podcast and he um he only does he does the same thing he he he, he travels the world and he he stays at awesome places and stuff and the airbnbs people's places all over the world but he does the the arbitrage he arbitrages them you know he does like a rental Mm -hmm. arbitrage so he'll he'll rent out these spots and then he'll turn them into airbnbs and and um and you know make profit off of them that way and he doesn't believe in in buying around the world he's just it's just a different a different way to do it but you ever thought of doing something like that
0: yeah i mean absolutely i I think the the arbitrage model is 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 great especially because it's you know it's more accessible to to people right And you don't need a lot of capital to do it and uh, i've actually thought about doing it uh, a couple times but the thing is you know, I sold this house in in Holland, and I you know I need to invest that money. Uh, I mean, the the two are not mutual exclusive. I mean, once I've invested all the mo- you know sort of the money that I want to invest, then I think it's very possible that I would send a, set up some of those um, uh, rental arbitrages as well.
1: Oh, that makes sense. So you you just want all your money to be in something working for you, right?
0: exactly yeah I, just, I don't want to I mean right now some of it is sitting on, on in, in a bank account making like 0.001% interest I mean what's the point
1: <laughs> that's true that's true is it, um, is it hard is it is it a hard arduous process for a foreigner to buy to buy um, a property in another country
0: uh, depends on the country and also depends on who you're dealing with like Like I said, because it was my first investment, I decided to go through uh, the real estate company that uh, that Rich owns. And you know, on one hand, the you know, obviously I'm paying a premium because these guys have to earn some money too. But uh, the advantage of it is that I didn't really have to deal with any of the of the red tape and all that kind of stuff. Like they they have their lawyers in place who guided me through the process, and so that was very smooth. You know, if I had to. You know, had I gone to Colombia and buy something myself, then, um, you know, that would have been much more complicated, the process. So, you know, I think it depends on the. It really depends on the country. Uh, but yeah, like in most, I guess in most cases, there there's going to be a, a reasonable amount of red tape involved. You know, like uh, things like go, you have to go to the embassy and, and get documents legalized and stuff like that. But yeah, as long as you have good advisors. That can guide you through the process. I think it's 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 not too uh, it's not too bad.
1: And what what country again were you were you getting citizenship in? And is that, a, is that a long hard process too?
0: Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to do that here in Panama.
1: Okay. And why did you and choose uh, Panama?
0: Well, well, because in Panama is, first of all it's pretty it's fairly easy to get your residency here compared to some other places. And secondly, it's uh, you know it's uh, it has a fr- pretty good uh, favorable uh, tax environment, and, uh, and and the other thing is you know Panama is actually a, a pretty interesting country because um, it's uh, it's very central, um, like Panama City is a is a major hub, major airline hub for uh, a lot of airlines. Copa Airlines, the national airline, flies pretty much everywhere direct uh, from from Panama City. And so it's, you know, it's easy to go around, easy to fly. There's a direct flight to Amsterdam. There's direct, I mean, there's direct flights almost everywhere from here. Um, you know, if you were to stay in, let's say you go to Guatemala or uh, Costa Rica or something, then if you want to fly somewhere, then a lot of times you'll, you know, you have to connect uh, in the, at, at a hub. So that's another advantage of, of Panama.
1: And so, oh, so you're getting just your residency or are you going to become a citizen there? Um, I don't know if
0: there's a difference between the two, but <laughs> oh,
1: okay.
0: but basically, the residency means that I can I can I can go to the country and stay as long as I want.
1: Oh, okay, cool. So you're um you're not giving up your your Dutch citizenship?
0: Uh, no. I mean, I'm gonna keep my passport. I guess it's yeah. I guess uh I guess there's a there, that's I guess that's the difference between residency and citizenship, huh?
1: yeah i guess i it all gets confusing to me too but uh (laughs) but yeah you definitely want to be where the you you don't pay as much tax you know you gotta you gotta protect that um i was gonna ask also the um okay this is a whole new world i mean people are people are waking up the younger generations i think are even the older ones because um like in that borderless podcast i listen to he talks a lot about um expats you know um if they like especially from the united states you, when you get it you can make a lot of good money here but when you get older and you can't make good money anymore and then you kind of try to rely on whatever retirement you have things get expensive you know you start of course you start having health issues and stuff and it, i mean you're, you're 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 paying thousands of dollars for things um, health related issues, housing stuff like that and it gets it gets really expensive when you get older, so a lot of people, of course, you know you probably met a lot of expats they they moved to Mexico or South America, and they um, they live good there they have good health care they have good um, the drugs are cheaper there the um, quality of life is better, and so <laughs> i see I see them doing it, but then it 's like this whole' it 's weird because like the the middle the, the, the middle age generation are, are stuck here making their money. But then the younger generations are like, you know, screw that. I I'm not, I don't I don't want to be at a desk job. I don't want to be at a 9 to 5 behind a computer. I want to go travel the world. And they're using couch surfing, they're using Airbnb, they're using various things. So it's like it's um and the education system here, I don't know about the rest of the world, but it's kind of like it's antiquated. It's 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 old. It's it's um I don't. I don't know where my question's going, but I mean, do you see like a maybe like a world education happening? Do you see something like a, a waking up, a way to to teach this, um, the to these something that that'll spark the um, the curiosity and the and the creativity of this younger generation, and um, yeah, an awakening, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think it's already happening, right? I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, I I, when I quit my job ten years ago, well not eight years ago, I was traveling around and I met very few people who were, you know, working on their laptops and and traveling at the same time. And you look now, I mean, there's all there's like massive communities that have that have started. You know, you look at places like Chiang Mai in Thailand, Ubud in Bali in Indonesia, you know, even Medellin in Colombia, um, Buenos Aires is is another hub. You know, these are all places where where digital nomads congregate and you know, look at the amount of co-working spaces around the world that are popping up everywhere. And so I think it's a I think it's a big movement. Um I I I saw some predictions about, you know, 10% of the world population being like a digital nomad uh in before like 2025 or something or maybe it was 2030. And maybe it was fifteen or not ten percent, <laughs> but anyway, the point is you know this it's it's a movement um, it's uh you know with the with the internet of course um, it's it's much more possible this type of lifestyle and so yeah i think I think especially the younger generations are are definitely going to embrace uh this concept because you know everybody wants to travel, and these days like the the younger generation grows up with with the communication uh, availabilities that are out there, right? The, 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 I mean, my I have a a niece and a, and a nephew, and they're like, you know, fourteen and sixteen, and they go to they went to these like camps, you know, these summer camps. And I remember when I went to a summer camp when I was like thirteen. I mean, it was pretty hard to communicate with each other after words, right? I mean, yeah, you can write a letter and send it to France or to Germany or to Spain, and then hopefully it'll arrive and, you know, you get a response two weeks later. Now, you know, these kids are, are on Instagram. You know, they're on, they're, on, they're on Facebook. They're on WhatsApp. They're on Snapchat. They are communicating, right? Oh,
1: yeah. And so, you know,
0: and, and, and when you grow up in that environment where you can communicate with anyone... Around the world so easily it uh it becomes i think much uh much more much less of a, of a of a scary thing to do to to say hey you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna pack up and i'm gonna travel around and i 'm gonna see if i you know can support myself and hustle and, and we'll we'll see how far you know we'll see how far I get i think that uh, that step is sort of easier to do when for the younger generation than it is for you know the people. Uh, you know, like like myself, or even the earlier generation.
1: Now, um, I I I don't take you as a, as someone that that watches a lot of news. I know you're well read because I mean, from your show, you always know what's going on in the world of Airbnb. But I mean, if if you do ever catch yourself watching the news, especially here in the United States, I, I, when we watch the news, it, it's kind of it's very depressing. And, and it looks like the whole world is on fire. You know, Europe's blowing up. Um, of course, South America's blowing up. Got, you know, drug cartels. Got this and that. We got to build a wall. We got all this mass paranoia. And then when you actually do go travel and you go to these spots, you're like, what the hell? What were they talking about, man? It's just like I hate. It's one of the reasons I hate the news. At my job, it's mostly... Um, older dudes and they and they um every morning they have the news on in the break room when we're when we're gonna you know select our jobs for the day and so um it's just this this negative negative murders all this crazy stuff going on all around the world and but like and and they're all up in arms oh yeah yeah they screwed up everything's messed up and i'm like they don't go anywhere they stay here and they watch this tv all day and by but when you actually start going out there and traveling, you see that it's not really like that. It, all the third world countries that you've been through, I mean, you, you don't see stuff like that, do you? And, and, and I, don't, I guess I don't know. I don't know why the media does that. I don't know why they try to keep people scared. I guess they don't want us to to branch out and start thinking for ourselves or something. Do you see um, do you see that same thing?
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I hardly ever watch the news for the very same reasons that you've mentioned. You know, I don't want to live my life in fear. And so, you know, I don't want to expose myself to, you know, hypothetical potential threats that are out there that are, you know, so unlikely to actually affect me that I feel like there's not really a point even knowing about it. But, um, but you know, I'll, I'll watch the financial news just because I want to stay updated on what's going on um, in the, in the financial world. Uh, for you know, also for some of the investments that I have. And uh, but other than that, I, I tend to stay away from the news. Um, I guess, I guess you know, it'd be it'd be interesting if you turn on the news and and the news of the day is that uh, you know, twenty five hundred airplanes took off and landed and. There was absolutely nothing bad about it. <laughs> nothing bad happened. You know, you, you don't see that on the news, right? Like, all the things that go well, you don't see it on the news. Like, 90% of the news is, like, what goes wrong. And so, you, yeah, if you watch the news all day, you feel like, like you said, you feel like there's, there's all these problems and there's all this hate and, 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 and violence and God knows what. Um, and, I mean, I'm, I mean I'm, I'm sure it's out there. Um, but um, but yeah, I don't I don't want to be exposed to it too much.
1: Yeah, and and then I guess when you actually do travel and you see things firsthand, it opens up your eyes, and you and you see it's not really like that. You see how how great it is. I mean, a lot of a lot of places are just really beautiful. There's so many beautiful things to see around the world, and so yeah, we shouldn't be paralyzed oh, yeah, sure. paralyzed by what the the media is trying to feed us
0: yeah exactly i mean if you really want to know about the situation you gotta dig a little deeper than the, the news right i mean uh i mean you know think of a country like the philippines for example yeah there's 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 a there's a the southern island there's some trouble with uh with with some um with some rebels over there, but that's like a very small area of the philippines right but if you if you talk to somebody who's never been and who only watches the news then you say, "Oh, I'm going to the Philippines," and that person will say, "Oh, are you crazy? There's like, there's terrorists there."
1: The and I'm like, "Well, yeah. I mean,
0: this, yeah, I mean, there's like, I mean, this, this, you know, this, <laughs> this crazy shit happens in every country. You just got to make sure, you know, you just got to, just got to do a little research and know where where to go and know where not to go, right? I and mean, every country has dangerous areas. Oh,
1: yeah, every city has dangerous areas. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, exactly. So, so, all right." I got a hundred thousand dollars in my po- burning a hole in my pocket. I need to. I want to invest it somewhere. Where should I throw it in the around the world? Where should I? Where should I? What should I buy?
0: I mean, right now, I would. I would go to. I would go to the conference in Puerto Rico. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, that's the reason I'm going. Well, they asked me to to speak as well to talk about Airbnb, but that's also how I know that it's there's opportunity there because I looked at the Airbnbs and they're charging a lot of money. And they're not very competitive. You know, the interior design is is not great. Um, the listings aren't that great, but the real estate prices are very low. So, I'd say if you have a hundred thousand dollars, I would say go to Puerto Rico uh, and and at least check it out. Um, the other good thing is, you know, the country kind of needs some uh, some investments coming in um, because obviously they need to rebuild the country. And so, you know, what's better than uh, like like I, I talked to Rich about this on so my podcast last uh, last week. Yeah, you know what's better than investing money getting a good return and at the same time also helping uh rebuild a a country that's been or you know been hit by bankruptcy and a hurricane so
1: that's yeah so i i've been wanting to to look into investing there actually and um and if you're a reggaeton fan um that's the mecca for you just all day long reggaeton nonstop exactly <laughs> Well Jasper Those been, are good tunes. Yeah great stuff man. If you can do that, you got any song right there. Anyways, um <laughs> it's been great talking to you man. I, uh, I love catching up with you and seeing what you what you're um what's going on in your world, which is the whole world, literally. And uh, I'm glad you could hop on to Live That Thrive and um it's gonna be like another epic um Jasper show with like a, a million downloads and so we appreciate that, and uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, man. I, I, thanks for that coming would, that, on. Would, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you get that on YouTube, then you'd be set. Um, but yeah, we, we appreciate you coming on, and um, and anything you want to plug, like where people can find you, stuff like that.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, com is uh, where people can find everything. You know about Airbnb hosting, of course, and also about the, going to be writing more about the investment side. Uh, you can find the podcast there, and um, you know, just uh, just you know, I mentioned the conference. If if people are interested, I I can offer some like fifty percent off tickets, so it's that would be like $370 bucks for a free day conference, and including like drinks and food and stuff. So it's pretty pretty good deal. Um, so if people are interested, I'm going to be speaking there, and a lot of people in my community are going. Uh, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be very interesting to learn about the situation there. I think there's a lot of opportunities. So people want if people are interested, uh, look at, uh, just go to pretoricoconference.com. And if you want that 50% discount, um, then uh, you can use a code, actually. Uh, it's uh, 50% off Pretorico. And then the, you know, the O and the P and the R are capitalized. Or If that doesn't work, just send me an email at jasper at getpaidforyourpad.com
1: cool and I'll, and I'll be waiting for my free tickets in my email box so yeah, we're all good we're all good i <laughs> already
0: sent them man already oh, sent them
1: thanks man appreciate that <laughs> all right jasper um thanks for coming on and uh we'll we'll holler at you um fairly soon hopefully and take care safe travels my friend all right steven thanks for having me man it's a pleasure hi right, take care take care Matty. <whistles> And that was the great Jasper Rivers from Get Paid for Your Pad. Awesome show as usual. And um, I wish Micah could have been here for it, but he'll be here on the next one. We got some, some more awesome guests coming up. And, yeah, check out Get Paid for Your Pad. It's um, It was life-changing um, podcast for us, for us Live Let Thrivers. We've learned a lot from it. We've modeled a lot after it um, stolen a few things from it. Um, anyways, uh, this is still weird. Me doing the podcast by myself, so I hope I'm not screwing it up too badly. And we appreciate all you, all you listeners out there, all you, um, all you do for us and spreading the word on Live Let Thrive. And you know where to find us liveletthrive.com, liveletthrive at gmail.com. That phone number that mike always throws out. I don't know if anybody ever calls it, but you can call my phone number, 817-566-4777. Leave me a text message. Let me know what's going on in your neck of the woods. And um, yeah, we'll throw you on the podcast. We love you all. Thanks for all the support. And um, keep living, keep letting, keep thriving. Peace out.